Welcome back to In the Queue, film conversations with Andrew and Phil. I'm your co-host, Andrew. And ever since John Lasseter became the head of animation at Disney, after being the co-founder and owner of Pixar, the quality of these Disney movies has gone way up, man. (laughs) Way up. Tipping your hand ever so slightly. (laughs) This is Phil, your other co-host, and... It really shouldn't come as a surprise to me, but whenever I see a famous wrestler doing a good job at comedy <laughs> yeah. or singing, yeah. I'm always impressed and think, wow, they're such great entertainers. But really, that's what they are, aren't they? It really is. And The Rock, I mean, I don't know if you ever watched The Rock wrestle, mm-hmm. but it was massively entertaining. Yeah, I mean, him or John Senna, you know, he hosted yeah. SNL, and he was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is a, just another form of entertainment, you know? Yep, that's what it is. Anyway, uh, the film that we're talking about today is Moana, the new uh, Disney film, and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is in the title role, in case you were wondering exactly who we were talking about. Uh, not, in, not in the title role. In, he's Maui, He's yeah. Maui, he is... He plays a big part in it, but he is not the titular character. We'll t- get to talking about the titular character in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you how to find us on the web. You can find us at www.in-the-q, that's the letter q.com. That's where we post all of our stuff. You can also leave us comments there as to what you think about our podcast, or you can suggest films that you would like us to talk about on the show. They can be new films, they can be old films, they can be anything in between, and they can be movies you love, movies you hate anything in between and we'll have you on the show and we'll talk to you about the film. Uh, it's one of our favorite things to do. And, uh, if you're like most people, you'll probably end up making those suggestions on our Facebook page, which you can find by searching for in the queue, Q U E U E film conversations with Andrew and Phil. You can like our page and we'll start to fill up your newsfeed with our posts and, uh, you can engage us there, uh, on social media and we'll engage you right back. Uh, you can also do the same thing on Twitter by searching for at ITQ podcast. That's our handle on Twitter. Or you can just subscribe to our podcast if the only thing that you want to do is listen by searching for us on the iTunes store or on any of the podcast aggregating apps in the queue, Q-U-E-U-E, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. You can find us. You can do the rest. We'll be waiting. Well, yeah, <laughs> with bated breath. Uh, so, as I said... The film that we're going to be talking about today is Disney's Moana. For generations, this peaceful island has been home to our family. But beyond our reef, a great danger is coming. Legend tells of a hero who will journey to find the demigod Maui. And together, they will save us all. Of the wind and sea, I am hero a... of men. What? It's actually Maui shapeshifter, demigod of the wind and sea, hero of men. I interrupted from the top, hero of men. Go. 
I'm not going on a mission with some little girl. This is my canoe, and you will journey to different. Did not see that coming. The ocean is a friend of mine. First, we gotta go through a whole ocean of bad. <gasps> Kakamora. Kako, what? They're kinda cute. I got your back. It's Maui time. <laughs> really? Blow dart in my butt cheek. We're going to the realm of monsters. Don't worry, it's a lot farther down than it looks. Ah, there you have it. There you have it. Uh, so, the film Moana is the latest Disney musical, uh, a long lineage of great films, uh, and some not-so-great ones uh, <laughs> in Disney's canon. Uh, but this is the latest uh, of the films following on the heels of successes such as Frozen and Tangled. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so this is a film that uh, I'll give you a, a kind of a brief plot summary of it, and uh, and then talk about sort of who who was responsible for some of the the notable things in this film, and uh, and then we'll we'll talk about the movie. So the film follows the story of Moana. Moana is the daughter of the chief uh, of a uh, village on an island. Uh, they sort of, the island is, they live in harmony with the island, uh, sort of symbiosis with the island. Uh, but the entire movie has been kind of framed with this story about Maui, who is a demigod, who stole uh, the heart uh, out of, I don't even remember the name of the The, uh, the, the volcano yeah. lava lady? Yeah, the volcano lava lady. Anyway. <laughs> There's a there's a, an island uh, that he stole the heart from, and it has spread sort of darkness and evil across the entire Pacific Ocean. Um, and uh, Tehuiti, I think, is the name. Yes, that's is it, that right? Tehuiti. Tehuiti. And uh, he stole the heart of Tehuiti, and uh, bad things are, are spreading. But Moana's village has stayed relatively safe from that for a very long time. Uh, she has grown up with a longing for the ocean, a desire to leave her island, but the sort of uh, rule amongst the people is that you do not leave the island. Outside of the island are violent seas and bad things, so you stay on the island, you stay safe, you stay in harmony with the island, and things will be good. Well, eventually the badness, uh, the darkness, starts Mm -hmm. to touch their island, and uh, through a series of circumstances, Moana sets off on a quest to find Maui, the demigod, in order mm-hmm. to have him return 
this heart of Tehwiti that he has stolen so that they can repair the damage that is being done. Yes, that's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Um, so it's uh, it's computer animated. It's a computer animated film. Um, it is a musical, as I said. Uh, the mu the most notable, of course, contribution to the music of this film is the fact that Lin Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame and In mm-hmm. the Heights fame uh, worked on the. He was one of three people who wrote the songs and the lyrics for, for this film. Um, in fact, I think when I was watching the credits, it seemed like he was more often responsible for the lyrics than he was for the music itself. Um, that would make sense, knowing his abilities as a, a wordsmith. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, there's a number of songs in the film. It's not overwhelming, I wouldn't say. I would say that there's mm-hmm. maybe four or five sort of major... Uh, songs that, that you hear yeah. at one point or another in the film. Um, and uh, and so a lot of those get reprises uh, once or twice or three times throughout the course of the film. Uh, but it is very dialogue-heavy and action-heavy, and it's exciting and it's fun. And man, is this a good movie. <laughs> uh, I loved it. I, like, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so great. Mm-hmm. Um, the performances, I think, are great. Uh, in As the voice of Moana, we have a newcomer to the stage. Her name is Ali'i Crovallo. And uh-huh. she is magnificent, not only at, at voice acting, but at singing as well. And uh, really, really kills it <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. Um, she goes toe-to-toe with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, as we said before. Uh, and other people that we know or have heard uh, before, people such as Jermaine Clement, um, who we all uh-huh. know very well from The Flight of the Concords, uh, along with a number of other things like What We Do in the Shadows, one of my favorite films from two years ago. Uh, that was uh, my favorite film from two years ago. That's actually. true. Yeah, that was your number yeah. one, wasn't it? Uh, such a good movie. <laughs> um, Nicole Scherzinger, uh, who was, I think, one of the Pussycat Dolls at one point in mm, time. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Alan Tudyk, who, of course, was most recently featured in Rogue One uh, mm-hmm. and did a wonderful job as the the robot in that, whose, whose name I cannot remember, no matter how hard I try. I've looked at it a thousand times. Anyway. He's... He's really uh, getting a lot of the high-profile voice acting roles this year. Yeah, like across the board. He's he's mm-hmm. packing that resume big time. And he's doing a great job, so understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this, this movie to me, not only is this in the vein of really great, really excellent movies like Frozen, uh, or even, <laughs> you know, not to oversell it, but even hearkening back to that sort of, you know, golden age of the Lion King and Beauty and the Beast and uh, mm-hmm. the Little Mermaid and Aladdin. Uh, this is, this is to me, this is about as close as we've gotten to that since right. then. Uh, yeah. Interestingly, you're, you're, uh, you're dealing with a Disney film directed by Musker and Clements who did mm-hmm. make Little Mermaid and Aladdin and, and they were a part of that yeah. golden age that re- yeah. Uh, kind of revamping of Disney that 
that I discovered, like so many of us discovered when we were ch- when you were children. Um, and it does have that kind of a feel, especially with Jermaine Clement's contribution to <laughs> yeah. the story. Yeah. When we were watching his scene where he plays like this big bad crab who sings a song about how big and bad he is, it reminded me of like Disney movies in the past where you had a larger than life character singing a humorous song espousing how great they were, whether it was like Ursula from Little Mermaid or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it kind of felt like it was a throwback scene to movies like that in the past. It's not quite it's not quite so common to have a character who is so kind of powerfully written and, and drawn yeah. and acted. Yeah, definitely. Um, and... And I think that it is it is certainly their influence that makes this feel so rich and alive and makes those characters mm-hmm. so easily drawn, you know, easy, not, you know, not not physically. Necessarily, I see what you did there. You see what I did there? Uh, but yeah, I mean, just so you guys know, Musker and Clements were responsible for the I believe the Little Mermaid and Aladdin. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. And they also did some of the other later Disney projects that weren't as successful, like Treasure Planet, um, mm-hmm. which was not particularly good. I think they m- might have done Hercules. They did, and they also did Princess and the Frog. Oh, yeah, yeah, which was the the return to the ink and paint division. Uh, that was the, the first thing that John Lasseter did after he became the head of animation at Disney was uh, to produce the Princess and the Frog, which is great and fun and... You know, again, if it doesn't quite reach the heights of those films, you can't really blame it. But it's excellent. It's really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and yeah, yeah. And it should also be mentioned that that's uh, another Disney film, another Disney musical, for that matter, uh, with that stars a person of color in the lead, which this film does as well. Um, right. If you hadn't caught on by this point, this is the whole film is set in the south pacific essentially out there in the in the pacific ocean and mm-hmm. uh incorporates a lot of polynesian uh myth and legend and right, and culture in general and culture in general and i think it has it, it has great respect for and admiration for um the the culture and it tries to respect it in in a in a really excellent way i think that the the music is wonderful the music is evocative uh the you know, this is one of those things that I think Disney got away from for a really long time. And I'm glad mm-hmm. to see them sort of getting back to it, uh, especially with their last several films. And that is the the power of the myth. And mm. and the this, this sort like of Joseph, like Joseph Campbell would have said. Yes, like Joseph well, like Joseph Campbell would have written as the name <laughs> of one of his books um, and television specials. <laughs> But yeah, it, it it honestly, they're at their strongest when they're really delving into the myths of our you know our collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. And this one, I I just got so excited seeing all of these myths that I I was not as familiar with, even though I I I you know as a kid and as a teenager I I read oodles and oodles of mythology from all over the world, um, but to see that come to life and to see that uh, really 
live on the screen was really mm-hmm. wonderful and really fun. And, and man, I, I know we'll talk about it in a minute, but the animation in this film is ungodly. Yeah. And just as we talked about with hidden figures, the, the frame of a familiar story can sometimes make all the difference uh, into its success uh, as, as being an interesting story. And the animation is, is great, of, of course, in Moana. But there's something about the flavor of it and the fact that it's all about this Polynesian culture where we, we see their, their tattooing, we mm-hmm. see the food they eat, we see the way they live. And it's all kind of novel and, and different and fresh. It's uh, it's not, you know, like some people would say, it's not a whitewash story. Yeah, uh, yeah. You've even it's even down to the voice acting. You've got, you know, um, the actress who plays Moana. She's um, this Alibi very talented, Cravalo, six, yeah. sixteen-year-old uh, girl, young woman named Ali Cravalo, and uh, she's actually uh, from Hawaii. She's born in Hawaii, and um, I kind of. I think, well, well, kudos. Not only is she extremely qualified to be the voice actress, but she's of the right age and the right ethnicity. And uh, that's wonderful. That's, <laughs> yeah. I think that's also a really great thing to, uh, to include in addition to you know, other more seasoned uh, voice actors like Alan Tudyk. But um, yeah. you were talking about the animation. I wanted to say that one of the main characters in Moana that we haven't mentioned yet is the water. Oh, yeah. And the water in this film, uh, it occupies a very important role in the poster. And it is a, it is a legitimate character because Moana is the uh, kind of like she has the water at her beck and call. She is, she's the friend of the She has been ocean. chosen by the water to go on this quest. And there's something about water in animated films especially recently, that is, it makes water one of the most fascinating things you can look at, whether it's in <laughs> yeah. a, a Pixar movie like the Finding Dory or Finding Nemo series, mm-hmm. or when it's in Moana. Like it's like Because w- when you see water, it, it signifies life to you because we're made of water yeah. in part. Sure. We need water to survive. And whenever we see water depicted in animated films – it holds a special interest to us. And the way that the water is done in Moana or in this, the Nemo Dory films is so fascinating to look at. And it's, it's kind of like a good litmus test of an animated film is how does the water look? And the water just kind of transports you in Moana into, into the Polynesian world. Yeah. And, and for animators, typically the hardest things to do, at least for computer animators, historically have been water and fire. Those are Mm -hmm. incredibly difficult to make look real and work. And I remember back several years ago when the Incredibles came out, there was a scene in the Incredibles when they all get dropped into the water outside of the volcano layer and, Mm -hmm. or the Island with the volcano layer and they, their hair is wet. And I remember looking at that at that point in time and thinking, my God, this is, unreal how realistic this looks this is unreal how good this looks and this is just orders of magnitude above and beyond even that um, yeah as good as that looks this is insane and if you go back to our podcast actually on zootopia which was another 
uh, excellent animated film that came out earlier this year. Zootopia, I commented on how incredible the water looked in that film and how incredible, mm-hmm. like, even, like, dew on plants and stuff like that just gave it an extra oomph, an extra bit of life. And for me, that moment of gestalt with the water was when I saw The Good Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that film was, you know, not a great film, but the animation of The Good Dinosaur is occasionally so hyper-real that yeah. you forget that you're watching you know uh well you don't completely forget but you 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 are you are sold you are you suspend your disbelief enough to think i am actually looking at something very realistic and i don't know if it was good dinosaur or another pixar film but it whichever it was that the opening cartoon was about the umbrellas in the rain do you remember that oh one? yeah 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 sure uh it was either I, good dinosaur or inside out i think that was and, inside out yeah and then the but that one was so hyper real that yeah, it looked yeah. like it could have just been like somebody filming it and then putting some kind of a filter on it. Um, and so those natural elements like fire and water, those are the you know life-giving things that humans have relied upon for as long as humanity has been alive. So we hold those things at a very high standard when it yeah. comes to their depiction in animated films. Certainly. And in Moana, um, I don't recall the fire, but the water itself is just really beautiful to behold. Well, the fire to me was also mind-blowing, especially because the majority of the fire that we see in this film is in the form of this huge lava monster. Right, yeah. And it's bubbling and churning, and it looks like lava. Lava in and of itself has a very peculiar... Uh, viscosity to it in a way that it moves. It's very different from, you know, anything else on the planet, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And they captured it perfectly, even down to uh, what lava looks like when it's been put in water and cooled and, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things. Like, the uh, the level of attention to detail in this film is is mind-boggling. Yeah, and... But to back it all up is a good story, and, yeah. and great these characters. guys, great characters, great voice acting. Um, so is the question is, is this film, which kind of came in right under the radar at the end of 2016 after Zootopia has been riding a wave of critical praise and, and good box office. Sure. Uh, I wonder who is going to take home the Oscar uh, this year for best animated film. I don't know. But if we were to do a Oscars podcast, perhaps maybe you would listen. <laughs> yeah, I would say you want to tune in for that because it's going to be an interesting conversation regardless because there's bound to be at least a couple of 2D animated films in the mix there. Um, yeah. Possibly Kubo and the Two Strings, which we talked about earlier this year, uh, which is, of course, Laika's you know, magnificent new creation. Uh, uh-huh. Animation is in a really good place these days. I mean, even bad animated films are the level of craft involved is still very high. Right. So yeah. Even the movies that I don't much care for have a level of technical proficiency at the very least that is really, really good. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's possible that movies like Sing or, you know, something like that could get nominated, but I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, bet on those to win because the thing that sets movies like Moana or Kubo and the two strings or 
Zootopia sort of above and beyond the rest is just the the quality of the storytelling. Um, yeah. Which is great. And yeah. And also, um, there's also a quote by Jim Jarmusch, who's a director that I admire that, and it kind of, uh, treads some of the same territory as one of Andrew's favorite sayings by Roger Ebert is that it's not what a movie's about. It's how it's about it. Yeah. And, uh, just Jim Jarmusch who has said quite bluntly that there's a limited number of stories in the world, but there's an unlimited number of ways to to tell them. Yes. So while, you know, the story of Moana is a great archetypal hero's journey. Um, for me, what made it really refreshing is that they made it about, uh, a particular ethnic group of people and their culture and this world that's so far removed from any place I've ever been that I felt like I was actually learning something uh, <laughs> about the world, about about life, and um, the fact that the the story was matched and surpassed even with the technical aspect of what we were seeing uh, just really made it a very classy and really enjoyable experience. I I thoroughly enjoyed uh, watching Moana. I really don't have any any kind of severe criticisms against it. Yeah, I don't have any at all. I mean, I think all of those things that you said apply. Not to mention the fact that I think that the the songwriting is fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. The songs themselves are catchy. They're fun. Uh, they're exciting within the context of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this wonderful song that's the sort of seafaring adventurers sing that I was I've been humming for two days now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, just because it, it, it's that that good and uh and it's good to see this it's good to see disney returning to a place where they're 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 they care about the quality of what they're doing mm-hmm. um and, and they're not trying to repeat themselves and they're not trying to repeat themselves and they're also not trying to do what pixar is doing pixar is doing something different and pixar is doing something great and they always have been and uh, and even if they have a few missteps here and there, like the good dinosaur, for instance, uh, they still are making excellent quality stuff. So it's good to see <laughs> the, there there was a, a period of time where there was a will they or won't they between Pixar and Disney, Disney as to whether Pixar would become a part of Disney or whether they would break off and become their own company that was going to be a competitor to Disney. Uh-huh. And uh, they they nestled in with one another. John Lasseter, of course, became the head of animation at Disney, and and it's just it's the more good work is being done by those companies and any other animated animation companies out there, like I mentioned mentioned earlier, as another example, mm-hmm. um, the better job that they're all doing, the better all of it gets. So, you know, because yeah, because they raise the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, overall, my my final word about Moana is that it was uh, a lot of fun. It looked beautiful. It was just like eye candy throughout, and it was a good story, good rate, good voice acting by The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Ali Carvalho, Alan Tudyk, and Jermaine, Jermaine Clement. Jermaine. <laughs> I was getting to him. Present. Uh, present. <laughs> Bernie. Um, yeah, so it could have used maybe a little bit more Jermaine Clement, but uh, that's my only quibble. <laughs> uh, overall, I thought it was uh, just a really great, 
great time at the movies. Yeah, I agree. I just thought it was fantastic, and uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, I'd I'd go see it in theaters if you can, because there is something overwhelming about all of that water and the the mm-hmm. the, the scale of it. It, it. It's the kind of movie that deserves to be seen in a theater. So if you haven't seen it yet, get out there and see it while it's still in theaters. Uh, it's well worth your time, and uh, and I I highly recommend you go see it. Yep. So yeah. Uh, that is our podcast on Moana, the new Disney film. Uh, I hope that you guys will join us for our next podcast when we'll be talking about the new Paul Verhoeven film. Elle. Couldn't be any more different. <laughs> no, no, it could not. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a pretty big change of pace uh, when we do that episode. So uh, we hope you'll join us for that, and we'll catch you next time. See you then.